Uh, this time I'm going to get it right. Bespectacled, damn it. Bespectacled boy. Hot ha! rod. <laughs> Welcome to Chapel Bell Curve, stats-focused podcast about UGA football. I'm Justin. And I'm Nathan. Today we're going to talk a little bit about Texas A&M, that sweet, sweet dog, the rainy mess, and what these dogs have to do to do a little bit better going forward. Ain't that right, Nathan? And we're, <laughs> yep. And we're also going to talk about Georgia Tech because we don't have time. We don't think about them enough to do a whole episode. And their game is the week after Thanksgiving, so I also don't care. <laughs> so true. It's unfortunately true. You know, just in true, uh, you know, madman fashion, we don't think about you, and so. We are not going to put in the hours we normally would for any other team, Georgia Tech, to talk through everything that we have to talk through about you because it really, honestly, isn't much. You will still see plenty of stats from that uh, that show, uh, not that show, but that that game uh, going into it, and we'll kind of paint a picture as to why we don't think about them and why we don't really need to talk a lot about them. But before we yeah, get there, and I know I'm not going to recruit, I'm not going to pretend that I'm like Don Drapering that I'm not. That I'm Don Drapering them because I actually hate them enough to think about them. Mm-hmm. I have to say that. That's I fair. Hate, I hate. Uh, I hate to say that I'm not that cool. I'm not Don Draper. <laughs> no. Um, but before we do that, so let's talk about this. Let's talk game. about Tamu. Yeah. 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 So how was your? What was your experiential experience for this thing? Oh, let me tell how, you. How did it go? <laughs> yeah, I, I'd like to know. Uh, so Friday, I had my ACL replaced uh, because I just <laughs> didn't have one. And my meniscus repaired uh, because that was just shit, apparently. And so everyone's been super nice. Everyone's been very kind, taking care of me. Um, My wife, especially. Shout out to my wife who doesn't listen to this show, but she's somewhere in the house. My wife. My wife. But everyone's been super nice and very kind and and very hospitable and taking care of me. And I've seen a lot of people that also listen to the show that have reached out and said, hey, hope everything goes well. And everything went well. All that to say, though, Saturday was the day after, which I was still coming down from a whole lot of different medications and hydrocodone and things like that. And so I went into this game very groggy. And uh, by halftime, I was exhausted and fell asleep. And then I woke back up in the fourth quarter when Texas A&M was making their comeback. And I was like, what the hell? (laughs) What is this fresh hell I belong to? And uh, I blamed myself momentarily for for the situation we were in. But uh, I have since gone back and watched all the important plays and kind of got to broke down this game, but or break down this game. But uh, in the time being, like it was kind of a nightmarish uh, from start to finish for me going into that one um, and, oh, and watching oh, the game. I mean, look, okay, I'm very happy, not happy. I'm very sad that you had to get your uh, get your knee repaired, and that I'm so happy that you've come through it as your friend and someone who loves you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But also. I, I also feel like I paid that penance for not having to have <laughs> surgery this weekend by having to sit in the rain. Yeah, yeah. And like, it, it rained so much. It rained so much, guys. It rained so much. I know a lot of you were there, but I just cannot, I just can't, I can't emphasize how how hard it rained. You know, I don't think it rained at, as consistently as it did at Kentucky, but it did rain harder. Yeah, it looked rough. If this was a video, a video medium, we would have like a side by side shot of me like cozy in my sweatpants on the on the the couch like sleeping through all doped up on hydrocodone. <laughs> and then you just sad in the rain in your raincoat in the yeah. Stands. I was definitely I was definitely like I, I I started it sad, but then I really really quickly got to like I will kill God. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. 
Or like, I, I, I just really quickly got to the like, like, is that all you have? Mm-hmm. Is that all you've got? Is that all the storm you have for me? Mm-hmm. I have to, I've watched Jake Fromm run the inside zone read for the past 10 games. You can't hurt me, God. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that was my experience was just that sentence yeah. uh, the whole time. <laughs> I got, hey, I did get to see, you'll be happy to know, um, as I was... I was walking down with Maggie, our battle hymn soloist this mm-hmm. week, um, after a battle hymn, and I came around and through the tunnel uh, into that, I guess, northwest corner, the, the like left hand. If you're if you're coming in from the dog walk where the red coats go through on the left hand side there, um, I went through that tunnel and I came out right as Reveille was yes. I like the cops let me through after they blocked everybody else for Reveille to come through, and I came out right as Reveille came through, and I made and I have some like. Game day, Miss Rev observations for you. A, a dog very prepared to get wet. So <laughs> thick. Coat coat is so thick that just, I'm not fully sure that any part of her skin was wet. Like, I don't believe that it was. Like, her, her, her hair was, like, poofy enough that it was, like, just actively, like, beating out the rain. Two, way smaller than I thought. Not that big of a dog. Like... I thought that that dog would be like much bigger than Ugga, and she is not that much bigger than Ugga. Mm-mm. Like I, I don't know why I was thinking that collies are big dogs, or I just thought I guess I just thought she was a big collie. They can be big dogs, but they're not yeah, all big she's dogs. Not, yeah, I, she's. I mean, yeah, she's adorable and she's super sweet and super cute. But like, she was not like, <laughs> she was just like sort of a. I would say she was maybe like two or three inches taller than Ugga, but she was not that much longer. And you know, he's such a the chunk that i don't know how much she would even outweigh him mm-hmm. i mean she's probably like 30 percent hair yeah right at this yeah, point for sure there is a an ask tbc that came in from jim wood and we're going to pepper in our s our ask tbc's throughout this episode uh but he asked miss miss revenue uh sorry jim wood asked how happy did this moment make justin bray and it was a picture of uh aga and miss rev like meeting right before the game and then like gave a little yeah, lick on each other's kissed. nose and there were like again yeah. if this is a video video medium it would cut to me cozy on my couch in my sweatpants going oh, <laughs> oh my body when your body hurts so my, my when, when your body hurts so hard that or when you love something so much that your body hurts yeah like, it was that it was, it was uh, a brilliant see, beautiful moment while we're having like today on on dog talk Mm-hmm. The click and clack, the dog brothers. Did you? S- I'm sorry. You're good. Oh, shit. I, I'm trying to think of a way to say this that is not deeply insulting to animal lovers. Did you see the thing that Peta said about Ugga? Yeah. Peta just kind of like Peta. Okay. First off, Peta has some like problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even though I love being, I love um, you know, being good to animals, and I ha- and I am an animal lover, lover at heart. I don't think PETA is like the ideal organization. I guess I would say being polite about it. Mm-hmm. But if, if you're gonna come at a dog, and if you're gonna come at a live mascot, like there's like three or four you really shouldn't go at, and one of them is Reveille, and the other one is Ugga. Mm-hmm. The picture that they posted, he was in his in his very 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 warm, very 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 dry uh, doghouse, asleep. He didn't look miserable. He looked sleepy because he was watching Jake Fromm run the inside zone read. <laughs> really, you could have just put Ugga's face in the the doghouse next to yours in that video medium shot, and it would have been equivalent to having me and you next side by side in the video medium, because <laughs> that's exactly how I looked, <laughs> like cozy and happy in my little home. Yeah, 
No, but I mean, I, I just don't, I don't even get like, why do you pick that? I why do you know. pick that fight, man? PETA just yells every once in a while to stay relevant. They're like a, like pseudo nonprofit out in the world. And it, they are a great example of what I like to to show and, and explain. Like woke is a flat circle. Woke comes back around and meets itself back at the beginning. Like if you get yeah, too exactly. woke, you become unwoke. That's what PETA has done essentially. They're like, well, I got to say something about everything. And the problem is when you say something about everything, you come back around and you kind of make yourself look like an idiot and hypocritical all at the same time. So come on, come on, come on. All right. So now that we have talked about our experiential sort of um, how we got through the rain without dying, um, do you want to talk about the stats? Yeah, they're not good. In fact, yeah, they're, they're quite not. bad. <laughs> yeah, they're no, yeah, that's true. Uh just UGA had a fifty six percent win expectancy per SP plus. Um it was uh the UGA's offense was just not good uh execution wise, I thought, but I mean success rate wise, it success rate by quarter for Georgia, fourteen percent, forty one percent, twenty five percent, and fifty percent. That's just that's it's un it's pretty much unforgivable. UGA had a 35% uh, rushing success rate and a 32% passing success rate, both well under the national ad- average. 13% pass down success rate. UGA is actually in the bottom like 20 uh, of pa- of passing down success rate um, teams in the nation. So like when you get us into second and third and long, we are not very good at converting those. And I mean, it's, just, it's bad right now. And I, I don't know. I mean... We can really go into the stats, but ultimately they tell us the same thing that, that our eyes see, and they tell us what we've seen pretty much since, to some extent, you know, to some extent or another, they told us what we've seen since the, I guess, the South Carolina game. I mean, what, where, where are we putting the blame for this? What are we attributing this to? That is a great question, and it's something that a lot of folks got into on uh, Twitter and also on our Patreon feed that you can join by just giving us a dollar on Patreon. Um Ian Boatman actually hopped in, and he's actually listening to the show right now. So thank you, Ian, for kind of starting this conversation. But Ian wanted to try and figure out, uh, he had a new theory he was trying to posit that was, he's pretty sure that it came down to the coaches because, you know, Cheney was the QB coach, he was also the offensive coordinator, and there's a big switch, and now Coley is the uh, offensive coordinator and the the uh, QB coach as well. And so the big change has been seen from Jake Fromm, and, and then a few people started to to throw stats in there, and they, they kind of came down to a... A different idea of uh what they were trying to attribute all of this this nastiness to and um ryan nelson actually threw in some other stats that are, are really interesting and kind of paint this picture a little bit better um so i'll walk through these but on every game leading up to south carolina jake Fromm was doing tremendously like we saw so many great things we had so many great things to say about the team we were super excited i remember saying things like you know we've never you know, we haven't seen anybody with this, this kind of passing efficiency uh, rating on the season. We haven't seen uh, wide receivers that block this well. We're getting some spectacular catches. This team is more explosive. And we have not said any of those things since probably before the South Carolina game, if I had to guess, uh, without going back and listening to hours of our episodes. But just a few numbers real quick. Back in 2017, uh, Jake Fromm's completion percentage, 62.2% for a PER, which is a passer efficiency rating for 160.1%. 2018, 67.4% completion for a uh, 171.3 PER. 2019 pre-USC, 77.4% completion rating, 102.7 PER. And after USC, there was 65.9% completion rating for a PER, 119.2, which really is not that bad when you look at it. 
you know, you see that and you're like, oh, that's fine. That's not a big deal. But if you move if but if you move that around and then mm-hmm. instead do before and after not the South Carolina game, but the pick six, mm-hmm. it becomes even more starkly. And I think I really think the pick six was the turning point. The the USC pick six was the turning point for the yeah. season. And Ryan Ryan was good enough to also run these stats for us. Uh, before the pick six, 70% completion rating, six yards per attempt, pa- passer efficiency rating of 121. After the p- pick six, 47.1 uh, completion rating, 5.8 yards per attempt, 93.7 PER. I mean, it's a very Drake stark Fromm difference. Is not, yeah, and Jake Fromm was just, for a big stretches of that game on Saturday, he was just not a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think some of that is that the, you know, there was, there was some, very very bad wide receiver execution I, I i think that at the very least we lost one touchdown because george pickens really should have ran that route through on the flea flicker and for whatever reason he did not despite being i think the primary read you, you can't have many reads on a flea flicker because mm-hmm. you're back to the play right and i i think that if you know there's a pretty good cho- bad chance that we get at least three points out of it if kiris jackson catches that slant route i think Eli Wolf had an easy drop for a first down. I mean, there were some drops and there were some very bad plays. I think that was the same was true in the in the running game. Like there was just some really bad perimeter blocking from this team. Uh, Kyrus Jackson did not have a good day in many ways. Um, but having said all of that, at the end of the day, I I kind of think it kind of comes down to the to your trigger man, man. And yep. Jake Fromm has got to play better, and I think he has a chance to sort of get right in this game coming up, which we can kind of talk about that, I guess, as we go on. But I, I'm not. I, I'm. I started out very much in the you know James Coley, like guillotine James Coley and run him out of here on a rail. Mm-hmm. And I'm still kind of hope that we replace him. But I do think that a lot of this is execution. The execution has been bad, and I don't know if that is because James Coley is not good at preparing a team to execute, or if it's just lack of personnel but that doesn't really like scan mm-hmm. for me really because at the end of the day this is one of the more talented teams that are gonna this is really one of the more talented teams that it is going to take the field this year right yeah. at all yeah. at, at all in college football and even on offense with an offense that has vastly underperformed we're probably still more talented offensively than 85 90 percent of teams that mm-hmm. are playing this year so i i just i i can't even i can't fathom how a team with this much talent could execute this poorly, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, mean, and yeah. let's uh, let's uh, no, no, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say that we can if you if you're really I, I'm not somebody who wants to point blame. I don't think we're going to get anywhere by just pointing blame and saying it's them, it's a witch hunt, blah blah blah, yeah, you know, yeah. burner. Um, I don't want to go that route necessarily, but if we want to break it down and have something to say, like this is what we need to fix and pinpoint that issue, we can start thinking about what is the big issue, and it is that execution, like you mentioned. It's the execution. You know, our our Jake Fromm is not putting the ball in people's hands, and it's for both on both sides of that ball. Sometimes, you know, wide receivers aren't running their routes properly, and Jake Fromm's not putting balls where they need to be. And so it could be the fact that it's a, a personnel issue, and I think the only way you get a personnel issue is when you don't have enough personnel or you don't have the right personnel. Um, or on the the flip side of that, for players, you have players that are not playing as a team or they're not the right people. Um, and I don't think we have an issue of not having the right personnel. We have talented players. They're outstanding. They're some of the highest rated players in the league. We have a great staff with a great track record. Um, James Coley is just new in this position, so he might have some kinks to work out. But uh those two things being said there's a disconnect between coaching and players and i don't think it's a culture issue either because that would seem 
that doesn't sound right. Like, I think that we have a pretty tight knit culture and people are there to play. They want to play. So it seems like it might be coach to player. You know, it might not be the right people on the system. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right. I think that definitely has something to do with it. I mean, I think one of the kind of overlooked things on the year, and I think this was true in Texas A&M is that the interior, the interior run blocking has not been very good this year. Mm -mm. And I mean, I think, you know, Cade Mays's absence and Solomon Kinley getting hurt probably affects that, but it's just, it's not been very good. And, and, we have talked ad nauseum about how, you know, it's hard to block 10 guys with with five guys in the box. And that's true. But at the end of the day, there have been times where, you know, a linebacker's gotten a tackle. I, I noticed a couple of times in Texas A&M where a linebacker just beat an interior offensive lineman for UGA. And so I and I don't think that at this point we're going to put blame on Sam Pittman for all the good that he's done. I just think that this has really like been a top to bottom breakdown. And I think that that's really the answer, right? You were saying it doesn't help to pass blame. And I think you're right. But I think really the answer is that from start to finish, this team has not been as good offensively because at all levels of the offense, things are not as not going as well as we thought that they would. The The interior offensive line is not is not blocking as well as we thought they would. The coordinators are not coordinating as well as we thought they would. Jake Frame's not as playing as well. I mean, how many, how many like yards? What I really would like to see is a stat of just like how many yards have we gotten off of like an excellent individual play from DeAndre Swift in the rushing game. Because if we don't have those plays and yeah, like obviously if we don't have DeAndre Swift or worse, but like, I think specifically we don't have those plays where he avoids getting blown up in the backfield three or four times a game. Like our, our offense actually looks, our, our rushing offense looks even worse. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's one of those things where it, at some point you complain about it, but it's hard to say, it's hard to say what, is who's to blame and if it's even worth saying who's to blame but ultimately at the end of the day we have we have to clean up a lot of this stuff in two weeks yeah yeah and we don't have a whole lot of time to do that um, yeah so what are some uh some big takeaways from this game that you want to to hold on to to apply to this georgia tech game coming up and then further down the line the lsu game that we're going to see in the following weekend uh well i would say i mean for Georgia Tech, I think it's just all about getting the offense clicking. You need to score 30 points against Georgia Tech. Their defense ain't that good. Um, and I think one of my big takeaways is just, I actually thought that Coley put, called a decent game. I thought that I saw some things I really liked. I thought the flea flicker was well-placed. I thought that there was some fun outside running. I thought that there was a play where Jake Fromm had two guys wide ass open, like mm-hmm. five to 10 yards open. I think it was Eli Wolf on one side and then um harian on the other no no it was cook it was cook on the other side okay and they were just like eight yards open on either side and he just missed eli wolf you have to clean stuff up like that you cannot i mean i don't know how well james coley is doing but this week i'm almost like reserving judgment because i thought he actually called a pretty good game against texas a&m but there was a lot of times after rewatching it where we just dudes blew assignments like not blocking not following through um, I also think, you know, it's this isn't going to matter, obviously, in the SEC championship and probably not in the bowl game. But at this point in I, I was I was listening to the 24 seven dog sports podcast or whatever, not dog sports, but dogs 24 seven or whatever. And they were talking about how at this point in his career, Jake Fromm's just not good in bad weather. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something to kind of look for is can he have a bet a bounce back day and what is supposed to be kind of a pretty nice day outside on Saturday? Uh, because that will actually, I think, add to the idea that add to the idea that he, he he's not doing very well in in bad weather i also just i also just want to see better 
run blocking execution from the entire team because mm-hmm. it was not very good at times. UGA just could not run in the second half yesterday or yesterday. Jesus, it's Tuesday. <laughs> I don't need, I'm on vacation time. I don't even know what day. I don't. I don't know what time or day it is, man. I got nothing for you. Um. So yeah, that's kind of where I am. Is just cleaner execution offensively. Keep doing what you're doing defensively. I mean, do you want to take a moment and just talk about the defense? Yeah, dude. This this defense is un like unrelenting, un un ungodly good. It's yeah, so dude. good from top to bottom. Yep, it it a hundred percent is. Just the fact that we're yeah. still only allowed like, hold on, I'm not even, like I don't even know where to start. Is is the the thing with how good this defense is? Like, they're uh, adjusted for uh, sacks and everything. Texas A&M ran negative. I believe what was it? Nine yards? Two yards? What was negative it? Negative one. Negative one yards. Negative one yards. Like, and a team that ran first <laughs> yeah. with their a, a dual threat quarterback and a team that had good running backs that we expected to be able to run. They would have to run to win this game, and they didn't at all. It was just outstanding. Like that's that's nuts yeah. to me. What did you see? I ex- I mean, I actually would like to press back against a narrative that I'm seeing in the in the sort of like it world or whatever, uh, which is that. This is a team that has this is a team that doesn't have a star. I on defense, I disagree. I think that the reason that we don't have a star is because we have four and five star talent at every position. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is a team that is going to have we're going to look back at this this defense and say, oh man, there were like eight first round draft picks on that defense that year. I really do think that's the case. And also like you realize that most of these guys that we're talking about are sophomores and freshmen. Like yeah. Monty, we're going to lose Tay Crowder. We might lose Monty Rice. We're going to lose Tyler Clark. And most of the rest of the defense is coming back. Mm-hmm. Even 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 some of our veteran leadership. Uh, Aziz Oljolari, I think, is a redshirt sophomore. Or no. He's a junior. Yeah, I think he's a junior. Right. So, like, there's just there's so much talent on this team uh, on this defense top to bottom they're playing so well right now they i mean they got after kellen mon's ass in the first half and in the second half they they figured some stuff out on blitz pickup i thought texas a&m did and we went into sort of a shell um but having said that i mean we still only gave up 11 points at the end of the day if you give up 11 points or how many, 12 Thir- points uh 13 no, 13 points i don't know what the i, I honestly <laughs> i don't know what the i don't know what the end score I, I I never know what the end score is because like I just I just hate this offense so much I didn't even want to look at the score. But I mean as <laughs> as of right now uh we have the per SP plus the second ranked defense in the nation and I think that there has been at least on my part a little bit of doubting of this defense statistically just because at the beginning of the year we had not played a lot of good offenses and I don't know that we've played a lot of good offenses at this point anyway but we've made everyone look bad. You know, they, you know, the old like Bill C axiom of like good teams or great teams blow out good teams, right? That's, that's one of the difference between great teams and good teams is, is just blowouts. UJ is not blowing people out right now, but UJ's defense is doing the sort of like statistical version of blowing people out. Yeah. I mean, when you give up, up negative, yeah, when you give up negative one rushing guards, even if you're accounting for sacks in that, that's still ridiculous, right? And that, and that number was actually not that different if you take sacks away. Hold on one second. I'll tell you what it was. It was nine, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I think they had nine total when you adjust for sacks. actual rushing yards. 
They had yeah, that's yeah, that is just straight up ridiculous. Yeah, Texas A and M had 0.78 yards per carry, 0.15 y- line yards per carry, a 22% success rate, 22% opportunity rate, 2.83 yards highlight yards per opportunity. Which means that even if they were getting a run of more than five yards, it was going for like seven. Texas A and M had a 56% stuff rate on the day. More <laughs> than half of the times that they handed the ball off, it ended at it less than a yard a yards worth of gain that is goddamn erotic <laughs> holy shit that is a good defense yeah I, I i just i couldn't i can't say enough good about them isaiah spiller who is a mind you sec starting caliber uh running back had 11 rushes for seven yards and 0.64 yards for carry oh chef's kiss oh yummy 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 it's, it tastes so good i love it so much <laughs> i love this defense so much and it makes the games worth watching i mean you know richard johnson uh i i guess esteemed sb nation colleague at this point but richard johnson was saying on podcast ain't played nobody that like it feels good when you have a team <laughs> that plays like really bad offense but just like smashes ass and just uh-huh. runs up the middle and i disagree richard I respect you so much. And obviously you don't listen to this because who, of course you don't, because you are a Florida grad and like have priorities and are a successful person. But if he were, <laughs> I would say, say everybody else. <laughs> ah, I mean, ah, I'm just saying like, it, it's one of those, like, I wouldn't trust any club that would admit me things. That's fair. Okay. Carry on. Um, But I disagree. I don't think it feels good to just like smash ass because I, I think that maybe that there is a national perception that you, I mean, I know UGA and Kirby are doing what they're doing offensively on purpose, right? This is stubbornness on Kirby's part. Like we're going to run inside, right? I I know that this is on purpose, but at the same time, it's not like we're doing this on purpose and it's working, right? We're yeah. doing this on purpose and we're putting up ridiculously bad offensive numbers. Like we, we lost like 20 to 40 rankings in a lot of offensive stats this week, like just from that one game. Mm-hmm. That's how bad of an offensive game it was. And yeah, I mean, I'm not really complaining. I'm not going to act like this was a loss or anything. I'm just saying like when 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 like I, I feel like I have to OK Boomer a lot of sports personalities sometimes about UJ's offense because it's like, yes, I understand that I I can't complain that much because we're we're now we're probably going to be 11 and one at the end of the year. But having said that, you can't ignore that statistically this is just not a good offense right now, even if there are ways to clean it up and fix it. At the end of the day, however happy we are about the defense, you know, it's it doesn't I don't think that the defense and this is why I don't get the Kirby, the whole like Kirby is just being stubborn. and He just wants to run it up the middle and be physical. I don't know how the defense is helped by this level of ineptitude offensively. Like we we didn't even successfully run it up the middle. We we ourselves had a 32 percent sack rate or 32 percent stuff rate on Saturday. Which is well above the national average. We were only mm-hmm. 4.29 yards per carry, 1.41 line yards per carry. People are getting a lot of penetration on us. I'm trying not to be too negative because we won the game, and you know th- that was a good team that we beat, and we made them. We just embarrassed them defensively. But mm-hmm. at this the same time, we're about to have to. Yeah, we're about to have a, to play a team that is probably not going to be held be- below like 25 points, yeah. 28 points. The thing about Texas A&M, like a lot of people can say, like, oh, they weren't ranked. Well. They, the teams they've lost to, it's pretty staggering to know that the teams they've lost to are Alabama, LSU, Auburn, and Georgia now at this point. Like a team, and then a team that was able to to kind of hang around with all four of them. And so this is not a bad team. Yeah. You just can't rank a team that's lost four games in the regular season at this point. But yeah. not a bad team statistically speaking. They're in the top twenty five FCP plus. So 
this is not a bad win. It was a messy win, but I would say I would take this win to the bank every day of the week. Yeah. Cash it, baby. Uh, another bright light, another bright spot on this game is our sweet, sweet, bespectacled, bespe- bespec- blah, 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 bespectacled boy. There it is. Uh, Hot Rod is now the most scoring player in UGA and SEC history. Yeah, I don't even have anything to say to that. He's just a perfect, beautiful human. <laughs> he's, he's perfect he's, and beautiful. He 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 came out of the. I didn't get to see this because I'm up in the stands for the. Um, I'm usually actually walking down to uh, the stands with the Battle Hymn soloist and pregame when they come out. Mm-hmm. But he apparently was the first through the banner. He was, and that just makes me so happy. And I just I love him so much. God, I love him so much. He's perfectly um, beautiful. And he's still got two yeah. more games to, uh, or one more game in the regular season to, to oh, put more points up. Oh, but he's a senior. Yeah. I'm sad. I God, I'm so sad. <laughs> now, wherever he goes, I might just bandwagon onto that NFL team. There's yeah, a good I, very chance. Might, I very well might. Unless they don't start him, in which case they're fucking dead to me. Um, <laughs> sorry. Oh, boy. Uh, okay, let's look into our predictions for this game, which you can just throw these all into the garbage because they don't matter. We both <laughs> expected a totally different game from this game. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, yeah, we we both <laughs> we both lost somehow three of these. We, yeah, we set these over unders, and we actually were wrong on three of them uh-huh. because we were just idiots together. Mm-hmm. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> And it's just I'll, a weird look, game. Here, here, listen, listen. I don't even know if we should add these to our tally, tally because I don't feel good about getting a point off of my score prediction, 37 to 21, being uh-huh. closer. Yeah, I had 41-20 on this one. I thought you know, they'd wake up, they'd play a game, they'd come back to their original, you know, what they do best. But I was wrong. Georgia hasn't scored 30 points since Tennessee, Nathan. Let that sink in for a moment. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't... I don't even. God, <laughs> the, whole... You had a moment of silence for that one. I might just leave that in, in the final show. Yeah, like I'm not distracted. Like I'm not on Twitter. I'm just staring into space. Like I don't even know what to say. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's just a weird. I don't know. I don't it, know. I don't get it. It's it's actually okay. L- let me see if I can get. Looking back at these predictions, and I, th- I think part of the problem and, and part of my befuddlement is that even with James Coley, even with a poorly performing or at least an underperforming offensive line, even with Jake Fromm on an off night, this is a team that should be able to score 24 points on, you know, kind of anybody and, and and maybe lose and that's fine. But like just the idea that the execution, and I, I do think a lot of this is execution. I don't, I don't think it's solely James Coley, but the idea that we could be so bad at executing that we would be held to 19 points, but I, I just, it befuddles me. How many five stars are on this offense? And yeah, I know that there is a, there is absolutely a dearth of talent at the wide receiver uh, in the wide receiver core. But that doesn't explain why. Well, it doesn't explain being this bad. Yeah, it's weird, you know. And watch, like, and this is the one year in the last three seasons we've been doing this show where we've thought this is weird. Like, or we've also thought like, eh, this ain't the year. Like, this ain't gonna, this ain't it. You know, uh, that's gonna be yeah. no, no for me, dog. But. This will probably be the year because of all that that we just win the national championship just because just to just to say you know you know all you haters all you doubters all you folks that look at this and say that look, ain't football I, whatever I'm gonna go I'll and say it. this here I'm gonna go and say this here because like I'm a hundred percent willing to cash this check with with my ass I am not <laughs> I am not writing this I'm not writing this check without knowing 
I will get a visible with a t-shirt on tattoo of the red coat band logo if we win the national championship. <laughs> not not this year. No, no, I'm not I'm not saying like this year. I'm saying I will get a forearm tattoo of the red coat band drum dog the year we win the national championship. Okay. Like I just in like, general. Maybe that month. Yeah. Just period. Market. Whoever whoever listens to this, just as if we win, immediately ask me because I'm probably in the chair doing it. <laughs> it's already happening. thought about it. <laughs> yeah. I already like I already have a, a high res image of it. I'm just going to go to JP and I'm going to be like, "Hey, go ha- go go crazy on it, this. Just bring him with you to the game and be in the stands yeah. and immediately all start right. going." Like, as as it as it rolls down and we win, I'll just be like, "All right, JP, get it out." And he just pulls out his little like, I don't know if there is such a thing as a portable tattooing kit. I don't know that I want to be tattooed with one, but sure. Um Yeah, that's happening. Okay. I like it. And it's not going to be on my ass or anything either. Like I, I'm, I'm proud of this thing. <laughs> it's going to be right on his heart, right where oh, the numbers go. Oh, it feels so good. Oh. <laughs> right I actually, numbers. it might be on the forearm. I don't know, or maybe like part of a sleeve. I might start like putting it into my other tattoo. It, it's happening either way. Do you want to talk a little bit about? Uh, let, let's talk about Georgia Tech briefly here. Um, okay sure because as we said at the top of the episode that we, we don't want to talk too much about georgia tech because you should all be with your families and as awkward as it probably turns out being for some of you uh you know be with your families be thankful for something georgia football etc cetera, etc cetera. but we don't think about you georgia tech so you have some beautiful graphs that you would like to share with us uh numbers wise yeah it is an audio they, format depending on whether depending on where your head is at these georgia tech graphs either all look like the top of a tomato i want to say or um, a, a mucous membrane of some variety. Mm-hmm. We want to be like sexuality and gender inclusive in this show. So I'm not going to use like any particular genitalia that these look like. But they look like something that you might be interested in. Theoretically. <laughs> you could be. That's it's all, all Nathan's saying. That's all, I'm, that's all I'm saying. Like I don't yuck yums. And I'm just saying that like theoretically this might be something you were into. Um, but yeah. I mean. Man. This has really been a real freeform fucking show. This this. <laughs> I get, it's weird you say that compete. like it's not sometimes <laughs> well like I, I i i i always feel like i have a pretty good feel of like where we're going even when i'm being stupid uh-huh. but like when we're combining two together i'm just like well i guess there are no fucking rules like yeah we're both whoa. on vacation whoops yeah all right um yeah so this is this is i think a very big matchup for uga or a very big mismatch for Georgia Tech, rather. Um, you know, when UG has the ball, Georgia Tech is actually halfway decent at a couple of things defensively. And so, and UGA is bad at a lot of things defensively. So there are things where Georgia, there are places where Georgia Tech does have the advantage when, when UGA has the ball, or at least can keep it close. Now, in overall stats, it's not particularly close in, in sort of our, my radar chart, uh, my general radar chart when UGA has the ball. Um, you know, UGA is better than Georgia Tech at pretty much every core statistic. Um, uh, when 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 they have the ball, especially, you know, there are a couple of things like uh, Georgia Tech has not been surrendering a lot of explosive plays, mainly because they've been playing a lot of shell because they have really bad players. So when you have bad players, one of the things you can do is you can just put everybody in zone and try to limit the big play. And Jeff Collins is a good coach, so he's going to do stuff like that. So that kind of makes sense, like personality wise, but also just like that's what I would do if I were a coach, if I were that coach. And you have to understand something about this Georgia Tech team. And like, I'm not even ragged on them. This is like the ultimate year zero. That's like a Bill Connolly concept of right where you come in and you have to kind of reset things. Th- this might be like a year negative one for Georgia Tech. They they 
the the talent is just not there on the roster at a lot of places. Uh, and they have offensive linemen who are like, you know, 270 pounds trying to block a spread style offense. But they have done some things well defensively. Um, Georgia Tech's pretty good at defending in the red zone. They're in the top 30 in red zone TD rate rank. They're not giving up a lot of t- touchdowns in the red zone. They're in the top four or the top 20 in red zone success rate. They're in the uh, top 20 in scoring opportunity success rank. They are in the uh, top 20 in scoring opportunity TD rank. So they've been pretty good at defending the, the red zone. Now, UGA has been decent at most of those. They're not very good at converting uh, trips inside of their opponent's 40 scoring opportunities into touchdowns. And that's one place, one of the few places that uh, Georgia Tech has the advantage is just preventing touchdowns when you get inside of the red zone. I don't know how much that's going to matter because if you look at the overall st- uh, stats when UGA has the ball, UGA should be able to just like score some explosive plays. Um, so whether or not those stats matter, you know, when UJ does, when UJ has the ball, it's not like Georgia Tech's just going to lie over and die. Now they might do that in the second half or like in the second quarter, but I think they might be able to put up a little bit of resistance because UJ has just been bad and not executing very well. Now, when, when Georgia Tech has the ball, I, dude, <laughs> dude, <laughs> that like, I'm I'm not even angry. Like I genuinely, I genuinely like when we lose to Georgia Tech. I'm like whatever. I, like a very close family friend. Like my dad's best friend is a Georgia Tech fan. Yeah, I hate Georgia Tech and whatever. But like it's kind of perfunctory. Like I hate them because I have to hate them, and it's like whatever. Like I don't have enough energy for you. Not even that. Like I don't think about you, but like I just don't give a shit. Like why are you talking to me? Like mm-hmm. I know a lot. I know about computers too. Like I also played Dungeons and Dragons. I've been to Dragon Con. Like I you your shtick is not original to me, right? So like I. <laughs> So I'm saying all that to say this, like, I'm not even hating on them, right? Like, I play Magic the Gathering. I think that making fun of Georgia Tech fans because they're nerds is kind of dumb because I run a stats-focused podcast about UGA football. Whoops. Right? Yeah. But it's it's just like, I'll be shocked if they score more than 10 points in this game. They Their offense is just not good. It's just changed, it's, too. It's, like, that's they, another factor of this, like, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, and that's that's fine. And there's a, what I'm saying is like I'm not even trying to be mean. There's a reason that this is this is happening, and 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 I don't mean to make fun of them because like I don't give a shit about them. But like if you look at the side by sides of a lot of the stuff when Georgia Tech has the ball, so like for instance, UJ's defense. One of the few things they're not like super good at, at right now is they're they're only um, causing a 17% havoc rate, which is only good for 82nd in the nation. Um, Georgia Tech is allowing the 111th uh havoc rate they are 127th on pass success rate 73rd on yards per pass rush um 117th in yards per pa- uh yards per play pass uh their rush sr rank is 85th i mean they are bad dude 110th in explosiveness rate overall 35th in explosiveness rate rush 123rd in explosiveness rate pass 106th in stuff rate even the things that they're not that they're they're okay at are like uh explosive rate rush they're 35th that's that's pretty good UGA is first in that category defensively opportunity rate rank how many times how, how often they run at least for 5 yards when they rush 41 pretty good UGA is third in that defensively i i don't i don't know that they're going to be able to do anything i i like it this might be the biggest exercise on offensive futility that we've seen this year. And that's fucking saying something. Cause we've mm-hmm. watched this fucking UGA offense play for the last 10 weeks, 11 weeks, like 111th in yards to go third. Their average third down is 7.689. That is bad. It, like, okay, just uh, let me give you, 
I'm trying. I, I can't even like express to you how bad that is. UGA, who has like <laughs> the second best defense in the nation, their average yards to go is uh third is 8.15. So they're 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 forcing they're holding teams to about a third and eight and on average, right? Georgia Tech's offense is finding itself in third down situations on average as though they had played the third best defense in the nation every time. Do you see what I'm saying? They're playing like an offense that has only played the third best defense in the nation. And UGA is the second best defense in the nation. I mean, and it's like red zone success rate. uh, Just, they're just, they're just bad. They're just bad at everything. There's, there's no redeemable qualities in this offense right now. 105th and first down success rate, 110th and second down success rate, 114th and third down success rate, 55th and fourth down success rate. 105th in standard down success rate and 111th in pass down success rate. That's all. Those are all the downs that there are. That's it. There are no other downs in a football game. And and they're they're under 100 in all of them. Like, I I don't know what else to say about that. There's no way. There's no way to make this good. They're going to score like eight points. And like, yeah, sure. We might score like 32 points and really embarrass ourselves because like legitimately, I think a 32 to 10 win in this game would be kind of an embarrassment. We should run this team out of the fucking house because they're going to have thirds out third three and outs constantly and they don't defend the run very well. Mm-hmm. If we cannot execute the run game against this team, like we should just not show up in Atlanta in two weeks. Like well, genuinely, we should whip this team's ass. Oh, I see what you're saying by two weeks. We're going to we're going to Atlanta twice in the next two weeks. We're yeah, Georgia Tech. Yeah, okay, got yeah. it. Yeah, I'm there with yeah. you. Same if we, page. If this game, if we win this game, like 28 to three or 28 to seven or something, everybody's like, "Oh, it was a good defensive effort." Like, we're gonna lose to LSU like 45 to 20 or something. Yeah, because like this team, if if we cannot execute defensively against this team, the weaknesses that LSU has defensively, which there are some, will not fucking matter. Like per S and P, like I'm so angry about this right now. I'm not even angry. I'm just. I'm just ranting about how bad Georgia Tech is. But like, okay, so per S&P Plus, like I just want to give you I want to just give you some some comparison numbers. LSU is second ranked offense, 29th ranked defense. This there there's there's some room to be had, right? Georgia is the 34th ranked offense. You would think that with some adjustments and some tweaking, you could have success against LSU's defense. You have a very good defense yourself. You could kind of ride that to at least a close game and in a close game against a, in, on a big stage where you have a lot of experience. That should equal something good, right? But like the reason that I would make a statement like I did previously about Georgia Tech is that currently, right now, Georgia Tech has the 110th best de- uh, offense and the 63rd best defense. I like we should run this team out of there. Like they're not going to be able to score on us. They're just not. And I don't know how well. Like they have a bunch of three. Uh, they have a bunch of. They're the 103rd ranked team in the nation. We need to light these fuckers up. And I'm not even angry at Georgia Tech. I'm just like, I will be like, I've already expressed a certain amount of pessimism against about this LSU game because I think that James Coley might just like inside zone us to death. Um, but if we can't light Georgia Tech up, like I I I don't know what else I need to say. Like if we win this game by like 21 points and we and we score and it's like 24 to 3 at the end of the game, like my LSU preview is just going to be like a three, like a the 30 minute condensed version of the Georgia tech game. Mm-hmm. Cause if you can't, sc- if you can't score more than 30 points against this Georgia tech defense, like you got no chance of running with LSU. Anyway, please, please Georgia. I, I don't ask you for much. I really don't. I just, for my, <laughs> for my personal safety, 
I just need you to like execute offensively this weekend. I think that's something I really don't want to do too. Like they like the players themselves, I mean. Yeah. I just really need it. Like they're not they're not deaf. They want to score. They want to do better. They want to do something that's remarkable. Uh and, and matches what everybody's been saying about this defense. I mean, there hasn't yeah. been a lot of good things to say about the offense as far as like the media goes and the social media sphere. I so mean, I'm yeah. hoping. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I actually think that's gonna happen because I don't I just don't think this Georgia Tech team is very good. But like I, to me, it's going to be a, a very much a stalking horse for how the SEC championship is going to go because I, it's hard for me to imagine us. It, like Because if we don't score a lot against this Georgia Tech game, it won't be because of a talent differential. It'll be because we didn't execute. right? Mm-hmm. And if so if we can't execute in a low-pressure situation, I don't know how we could execute again in a high-pressure situation. Yeah. Anyway. So we'll see. Yeah. You got to... Uh, uh, do you yeah. want a prediction for this? No, I was about to say, do we want a prediction or do we want to kind of stay on brand here and not even <laughs> give them the chance? I think we we're can... gonna lo- we're gonna we're gonna win like forty five to seven or something. I hope so. I really hope so. I'll say a uh, like a th- thirty eight to seven. Yeah, thirty eight to seven. UGA. Somebody asked us and asked CBC. Um, and hold on, I'll look it up and tell you exactly who it is with an over under in it. So now's the time to talk about it. Um, over under 0.5 GT points on Saturday. This is from Jared Campbell. I'm going to hold, go ahead and say over because I think we're going to have the third string defense in pretty quickly. What was it again? Uh, over under 0.5 Georgia Tech points. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be over. I think that we'll we'll be resting folks pretty early in the game and keeping yeah. them fresh for the following weekend. Like they've had their reps at this point in the season, it, they're not going to get much better um, going forward than they are right now. It's more important, I think, to rest them than it is to you know, get game time reps in. Cause this is going to feel, this is going to be, think about it like this. Like this is going to be lesser practice than our actual practice is at the end of the day. Like we're practicing a better team than this Georgia tech team is bringing to the stadium on Saturday. So you're not going to do better. So yeah, under or over, excuse me. Yep. 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 Let's get to our ask CBC portion of the show, Nathan. So yeah, if you'd like to hear your questions on the show, make sure that you get them to us before we record each week. You know, our episodes come out Tuesday and Thursday, and so we're recording some point before then. Uh, Here in the later bits of the season, it gets a little bit more fluid, I will say, but we typically record Sundays and Wednesdays for releases on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So make sure you get those to us with the hashtag AskCBC. Or just Tuesdays. Yep, or just Tuesdays. That's fine, too. Hit us with them. All right. Whenever. Whenever. So, very first one comes from Ben Shepard. Hey, at Chapel Bell Curve, compare this galaxy brain take to another conspiracy theory in terms of plausibility. Kirby <laughs> is purposefully tanking Fromm's individual season by making him play ultra conservative and scared so that he'll take or he'll have an incentive to come back for 2020. And those of you that might not be familiar with the the the, the galaxy brain, it's like from top to bottom, like uh, experiencing uh, Nirvana and like um, going forward and, and becoming, you actually talk about this more often so you can actually probably uh speak more to this this meme itself nathan oh galaxy brain yeah galaxy brain is like the idea of like it's like it's about like hot takes and how like some people will be like well all of you think this but i think this hot take but galaxy brain is like the next level insanity above the hot take of like but what if this and it's like a really it's it's like a giant energy being usually or like someone experiencing nirvana and it's like super like trippy looking usually the images um how plausible is that 
I'm going to go ahead and put that right up there with the like, uh, like aliens killed JFK because I don't <laughs> think it's, I don't think it's the case. So yeah, it's not right barely. up there with, uh, was, um, Soylent Green is people or something. <laughs> um, Kim Trails making frogs gay. Oh, okay. Kim uh, Trails. Yeah, Kim Trails making frogs gay. Um, yeah, yeah. Who's that the, is, the that Texas is... senator whose name I can't think of? Ted. Oh, Ted Cruz. Ted, Ted Cruz, Cruz being the Zodiac, Zodiac killer. killer. Yeah. No, no, no. That's not true because that's true. And this is not true. <laughs> There's a distinct difference between these, this and that. Uh, yeah. Next question. Ted comes Cruz from is the Zodiac killer. Anyway. Andrew Carmichael. So yeah. Andrew Carmichael says, I don't want this to turn into a Fromm versus Fields thing, so I'm going to use Mond instead. I think that's been beaten to the ground, and this isn't really a question about who is actually better. This is more focused on just the base concept of UGA's offense. UGA has run an inside zone read option 134 times this year before going into the A&M game. That is 20% of all offensive plays run, run as an option where the QB is Jake Fromm. I'm not saying he isn't good, but is this offense just a mismatch of skill to set the scheme? Would UGA be better off with a less competent quarterback as far as checking into different plays and throwing perfect 50-50 balls just to have a running back quarterback, uh, running quarterback like Mond that would fit the scheme that they've determined to run? I mean, running-wise, yes. Now, I, I don't think that in the passing game that a guy like Mond would work very well because we do run a we run a lot of route trees and I think we run a lot of option routes. And I also think just protection wise and blocking wise, we rely on the quarterback a lot. So in that sense, I don't think it's a, a talent mismatch, but in the run game, having the core of your offense, have a fake that just doesn't exist. Um, doesn't make any sense. You know, I mean, it, I, I, yes. So yes, in that sense, no, in the sense that like, I think in every other sense, but the run game, Jake Fromm is a great matchup. And I think maybe the idea of having that in the playbook, you know, I mean, if you think that James, that Fields is going to eventually be your um, quarterback, it makes sense to have that in the playbook. But since we know that's not the case now, I don't know why we're running it a lot. I mean, I know that running out of the running out of the shotgun sometimes takes stuff like that just to like in terms of reading and like giving and taking. But if you never, ever take, then the play is just functionally always an inside zone run. So, yeah, that's what I think. I like it. Next question comes from Dirty Dan. How does it feel knowing you were in the same place as Tom Holland at one point in your life? I want to know what she means by this. Uh, Tom Holland was at the game on fr- on Saturday. Oh, was he? Very cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. So, yeah, because, or, I, mean, I didn't know that. There was a of picture anything, of someone honest. who looked like Tom Holland. I don't know if it was ever verified to actually be Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. Could have been. You know, so what this was to me in my brain was... Uh, Last summer on our honeymoon, we found out that Far From Home had been um, shot in the town that we were visiting, like just by chance, because we were we had a layover at the Stansted Airport, airport in the in England, and so we took a train to this little tiny town called Westwardshire, and it turns out that they were filming there for Spider-Man: Far From Home, um, huh. and so we stopped in that place, and like we we like tourists we asked the the bartender at the place we the pub we stopped in we we're like was tom holland here did you see spider-man and he's like yeah he said well <laughs> where and he goes he stopped for a second he looked out the window and goes he was right there yesterday <laughs> like it just pointed to the sidewalk and i was like oh no shit <laughs> and so i i felt very seen when this question came through without the knowledge that tom holland may or may not have been seen at the uga game yeah i mean the how i feel about it is that I think it's good. And also I'm going to try to get my wife to have sex with me just by being like sort of tangentially attached to him. 
if it hey so if it helps you at all you know yeah exactly i was in the same space as tom holland during my yeah honeymoon. some of that juju so, is on me yeah there you go buddy i'm not going to speak any further to that because family members listen to this show i've touched jo- i've touched justin which means that like i have some of that energy too so you're basically me and i was in the same space as tom holland so so i'm basically tom holland is what i'm basic, saying yeah, samantha, so. samantha please come back from work <laughs> and have sex with me anyway our our relationship is doing just fine i just like to annoy my wife abby asks uh favorite georgia tech fan trash talk you've seen i a- abby you're listening to this live do you mean like trash talk from a georgia tech fan or do you mean trash talk of georgia tech from i mean my favorite one is the uh my favorite one definitely of all time is like i'll be your boss someday but <laughs> Georgia Tech doesn't offer an educational administrative degree as of the last time I checked. Give me one second. No, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna look it up. Just yeah, to make sure. Just to yeah, do your homework. They do not. So yeah, you definitely will not be my boss one day, my dude. Unless you <laughs> want to go to UGA and they're a far higher ranked education program, then you could possibly be my boss. So in that same vein of thought, I uh used to date somebody whose roommate's boyfriend went to Georgia Tech, which meant that we went as a group to Georgia Tech for parties every once in a while because he was in a fraternity there. And uh, there was one party we went to at that frat house and I was always like talked down to and like all the frat guys would ask me like, who do you know? I'm like, I had to explain every time because they didn't want any dudes there uh, is Mm -hmm. what I was told. Uh, But one (laughs) in that same thought that you were kind of explaining, like you'll be my boss one day, I knew that that was kind of the joke because Evan... Uh, which is the friend of mine that who is a, a fraternity member there he would joke every once in a while about having to be my boss one day and he was doing it in good jest but um there was one frat guy that i kind of like sidled up next to and was uh he noticed i was there eventually and was like very clearly drunk um looked over at me and he goes i'm gonna pump gas one day and <laughs> And I knew in that moment what he meant was, I'm going to pump his gas one day, but it came out as, I'm going to pump gas one day. And I said, I bet, buddy. Good for you. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you are, dude. I Most hope you assuredly. do. Sure. I mean, it's just apples to oranges, you know? So you can't, yeah. you can't, uh, you can't act like that you can compete in my, in my field. I'm not going to go up to you and tell you that you're like a bad engineer or whatever no so like don't don't talk to me about my teaching that is one way to like get me like the number one way to get me instantly like just furious pissed off is to say something about teaching to me especially Mm -hmm. if you're just some random tech guy um yeah the second question from abby is have you ever experienced a black friday fight i have not but i haven't worked retail the way you have i worked retail uh the only like retail job that is affected by black friday i worked at old navy for about six months as their um their training manager and it was probably the second worst job i've ever had um and i did work on black friday I had to go this is the first year they started opening on thanksgiving at like four o'clock in the afternoon which i have so many issues with uh, but no there were no no fights unfortunately uh if you no, not that i can think of no everyone's pretty pretty good Greg Boyke. Good. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, we got a review, got a review from Greg. Yeah. Greg is a former Redcoat, and I think he played sax. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he talks in his review about how we talked about his instrument, so I really should know this. But um, 
he is also he has done some like stuff with the alumni association well he's done way more stuff with the alumni association uh for the redcoats than i have he's a great guy all right so let's read this greg boyke weirdly tribalistic and funny undoubtedly the best stats focused podcast about the red coat band and uga football special shout out to any podcast that not only remembers that my instrument exists whoops but also compares it favorably to the uga team and fan base i would it's recommend either to... sax or mellophone okay uh um, which one was which instrument did we say was uga Oh, I think it may have been the saxophone because I remember being really excited about it. And I think the saxophone is one of the sexiest. I'm pretty sure Greg is a sax player, but also I he uh, he did not give us a five star review. I have to say, he gave yes. us a six point nine out of six point nine star review. Nice, nice. Uh, would recommend yeah. to anyone with the target demographic of millennial former Redcoats from Metro Atlanta. Yeah, he's a tenor sax. There we go. I got nice. it. Nice. 6.9 stars y'all yeah that makes sense because he's super nice but quirky because that's the tenor sax way and this thanksgiving before we go in and hit our outro and everything but this thanksgiving i want to talk about being thankful for a moment being thankful for the things that we have been given and the things we've seen and one thing that we are super thankful for is our sweet sweet uh this time i'm gonna get it right bespectacled damn it bespectacled boy hot rod (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah Uh, go ahead so he's Go a finalist for the Lou Grizzo Award. And yeah. uh, a component of that award as finalists, you get to have a, there's a people's choice essentially. And so you can hop on to the LouGrizzoAward.com and vote for your finalist of choice, which the others are from Iowa and Washington State. Uh, and they're, I'm sure they're very good at kicking balls, but they're people I don't know or recognize. And so go go vote for our, our very sweet boy, Rodrigo Blankenship, uh, for the Lou Groza Collegiate Place Kicker Award. Um, so he can go out with a bang. And that's all I got. Yeah, he should win. Dr. James Beerfield is on vacation this weekend. We we gave him we let him use all of his PTO days this week, so yeah. we don't have a troll corner, unfortunately. But he'll be back, I'm sure. He's still force. trolling out there. We we we, <laughs> we sent him to a farm where other trolls live, so we can relax. We <laughs> can just enjoy each other's company. But we'll have uh, quite the the James Beerfield corner next week, I'm sure, for LSU. Did you know that the special uh, cocktail right now at the World Famous is the Rodrigo Blinken Spritz? I love that so much. Yeah. I'll I don't really two. like Aperol, but I, I would definitely do it. I do. Put a little bit of Aperol in uh, your Miller High Life, and it's thebomb.com. Okay, okay, yeah, I have had that. That's good. Yeah. But just vodka, Aperol, and lime bitters? Yeah, I don't want that. I mean, I'm surely you put like soda water on it. Yeah, you got to. A little bit more bubbles. Yeah. Anyway. See um, us out. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, I also before i see us out i just want to personally apologize to everyone who has listened to this point in the episode <laughs> for just the absolute fucking train wreck of an episode we just put this out is what you get when we're both on vacation and we have nothing yeah. else to do and i'm on my like fourth cup of coffee during this i'm just like i i have like set it so that i cannot have anything but the notes up for mm-hmm. this uh like on my uh browser and i'm still just all over the place i gotta do <laughs> i gotta drink less caffeine man all right. Um, <clears throat> this has been Chapel Bell Curve. If you like what you heard here today, we'd love it if you'd give us a rating and a review over on Apple Podcast, and we will read your podcast reviews out, just like we did Greg's today. My favorite tenor sax player, who I definitely remembered what he played. You can also, <laughs> if you'd love to support us and want to rep us, you can look at our merch store on Etsy. We have a very, very, very good shirt on there that is the uh, hashtag HBTFM no fd mm-hmm. there got it the how about that we have a how about the fucking dog shirt on there, there it, it looks is. really good we did it in partnership with a local artist i guess yeah um 
I, I didn't know what to how to refer to her. But yeah, we did it in partnership with a local artist and she is getting some of the proceeds. We're not like ripping her off or anything. Nope. Uh, and yeah, so go on there and check that out if you want to rep the brand or if you just want to let everybody know how about them fucking dogs. Like that's uh, totally that's appropriate. That's how you do it. If you want to support us more long term and directly, you can hit us up over at patreon.com forward slash chapel bell curve where we are putting together a burgeoning community on our discord. And it's real fun. It's it's about as stupid as you expect it to be, uh, with probably twice as much stats as you'd think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we will catch you at historic uh, Mark Richt Field at Bobby Dodd Stadium this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> or I will. Uh, yeah. Justin, I presume, will be in Athens. But I will uh-huh. catch you there. But until then, go dogs. Go dogs. Go be thankful for Steph. Yeah, be thankful. I'm thankful for you, buddy. I'm thankful for you, too. Aw. That's Thanks. nice. Thanks. Ba 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 ba